the most ghoulish of greetings to every single one of you. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. It's greatly appreciated. Those tunes you just heard are courtesy of the amazing country legend, my good friend Bobby Mackey, and I am your host, Tessa Morrow. Sloss Furnaces. This is a location that, honestly, I have always been interested in checking out. I have seen it on Ghost Asylum, and it's also been featured on other paranormal shows as well. And it's just one of those places that's super unique that it's like, you know, I, I just even if you're not into ghosts, just the history alone. Very neat place. I really recommend going there sometime. So one day in late February of 2016, I happened to be in Birmingham, Alabama, staying at the Tutwiler. You heard about that location and its ghostly knocker in a past episode. I woke up and I was ready to hit the road as I had several hours of driving. In fact, I would be driving several hundred miles and late into the evening. I had a dilemma though. I'm in Birmingham. I know Sloss is in Birmingham. I don't get through here often and I don't know when I'm going to be back. And when I do come back, it's just to drive through the good state of Alabama. I throw Sloss Furnace's name in my GPS as it is a place that I've had on my bucket list for a long time. And I am shocked to see that it's less than three miles away from my hotel room. It's like being in San Jose and wanting to always go to the Winchester house and not going. You know, I mean, I could do this all day about throwing different locations and towns, but you get my drift. And less than three miles away from my hotel room, it's like, holy shit. So there was one problem, though. They didn't open until 10 a.m. Usually I would be on the road by 6 a.m. And usually it's like a horse with blinders on. You just keep going. You march through. You don't stop here and stop there. I stop for gas, and that's all I do. So usually I'd be on the road for several hours, but I did talk myself into going. I check out of the Tutwiler and drive the very short distance. I get excited as I see the furnaces. I'm here, baby, I'm here. Well, I arrive with a wait time of close to two hours, probably like an hour and 45 minutes or so. Why the hell did I not stay in the comfy room at the Tut? I was antsy, I'm not going to lie. I was excited to get there, and I didn't know if I would get stuck in Birmingham traffic that time of morning. Looking back now, yeah, I should have waited. Should have sat, had a drink at the bar, maybe have some breakfast, and then check out and make my way over. Get there 10, 20 minutes early, fine. But almost two hours? Yeah, stupid. <laughs> so when you first pull up, and you get into the gates of Sloss. You take a left and you follow a small road, if you will. And at this point, you start to see the back of the furnaces. And it's quite a beautiful sight. You soon come up to a parking lot and you're in. You have to sign in to get access to Sloss furnaces. I don't think they want any stragglers, you know, make sure everyone is in and gets out okay. And back in 2016, at least, it was free. I'm unsure of how it is these days in 2022, but it was free when I went in. Now, it's kind of really neat. They have a museum just filled to the brim with history and 
exhibits and different things. And then they have a gift shop, which has a lot of neat things in there as well. And of course, they have the furnaces. It was a neat place. And to the same, I'm just I'm so grateful and glad that I went, that I listened to the little voice in my head saying, stop, don't pass go to stay here. <laughs> I was only there for a couple of hours because I did have a long trip ahead of me. So with the recorder in my hand, I start to check out my surroundings. Of course, I had everything else in the car, all my equipment, but it's not like this was a private investigation. This wasn't even a real legit investigation. There were people around, employees around, they had a little bit of music playing. And so I'm walking around, I'm enjoying some of the workers, I'm watching them, and they're just, you could see they are so happy and passionate with what they're doing there. Sloss would be a pretty phenomenal place to work, if I do say so myself. So a little, just a tiny chunk of history, and if you want to learn more, you should really either go there or look it up online, but I will share a tiny bit of history when it comes to this unique location, as it is unique. So in the early 1860s, James Withers Sloss, he saw the intense need for expansion of the rail lines in the South, and he very much so became an active person in the much needed construction of this railroad. He actually became a chief proponent of Alabama's post-war industrial development, especially in the present day Birmingham. Now, in the 1880s, the pig iron production rose in Alabama from 68,995 to a whopping 706,629 gross tons. At least 19 blast furnaces were built in the Jefferson County alone. Absolutely phenomenal. The second of these series of furnaces, they were built by James Sloss. Now, he had a European engineer named Harry Hargreaves who oversaw and was in charge of the construction of Sloss Furnace. He was actually a pupil of Thomas Whitwell, the British inventor who designed the stoves that supplied the hot air blast for the new furnaces. Impressive. These new furnaces were 60 feet high, and Sloss's Whitwell furnaces, well, they were the first of its kind in Birmingham. Now, shortly after the first year of Sloss operating, they had sold 24,000 tons of, of iron. The company wins a bronze medal for the best pig iron at the 1884 Louisville Exposition. No easy feat. They exported the pig iron, and of course, it was used locally. A good amount of the iron went to places like Cincinnati. Nashville, Chicago, St. Louis, Cleveland, and Louisville. Got listeners in all of those awesome cities. And they still work with iron there as Sloss Furnaces. I actually was watching how they use the cast iron. And one of the employees, a woman, she sees me watching. And she smiles and waves and walks up to me and greets me. She totally didn't have to. She could have just did a smile and kept working, but they like to take time and talk to people and they enjoy what they do. And that's awesome. So I let her know, hey, my name's Tessa, just traveling through. I'm a paranormal investigator, working on a book. 
I, I have all this in my first book in the chapter. It's dedicated to sloss furnaces. And that I was kind of interested in doing some light investigation. But I look around and I tell her, but obviously you guys just opened like 10 minutes ago and there's already a bunch of people walking around. So that might not be very good of me to do. And so she kind of recommends, hey, head to the boilers as it's a very active location there. You never know what you'll get. So as we talk, I believe it was boiler number one is standing proudly in front of us. Beautiful, historical, and yes, deadly. This employee goes on to share with me that this furnace in front of us has been responsible for several of men's deaths. The men who died there, it was too dangerous to get their bodies, so this is their tomb. And the iron that they died trying to retrieve, well, it remains there as well. Now, I close my eyes once she leaves. She walks away and she has stuff to do. I close my eyes and I imagine the men working up there and falling to their deaths. I turn on the recorder and I ask, is anybody here with me? And the recorder, not my ears, but the recorder catches a man's voice whispering, yes. And you know, I, you know, there were other people in the background. You could hear distant chatter, but this was different. This was a whisper. It was like, yes. And it was like right next to me. Uh, fellow paranormal investigators, you know what I'm talking about. And so I walk around and I feel slightly bummed out that there's so many people around and there's no way that I can record a legit EVP session. I would have to be debunk everything, basically. So I come to terms with it and I just say to myself, hey, appreciate that you're here checking out the place. And, you know, maybe some other time you could come here and maybe plan something out. So I start to just kind of walk around, checking everything out. Really neat place. I kept my camera, phone, and recorder on me just in case. And honestly, knowing what I know now, I wish I had more equipment on me. So earlier, I had spoken to another employee, and I saw him again. So I walk up to him and say, hey, and I ask him if there is a quiet place around Sloss Furnaces where one may go if they wanted to record some stuff. And he mentions to me, go to the tunnel. You know, he gives me directions on how to get there, points a finger that way, and fingers crossed, I make my way to the tunnel. And as I walk towards my underground destination, that'd be like a cool name for a show, right? Underground destination. Dun, dun, dun. Anyways, I, as I'm making my way to the tunnel, I speak into the recorder and I say, session three, and as I pause, a man is recorded saying, What do you want? Not hearing this, I say, I'm heading to the tunnel. And the same voice speaks again, this time saying, Stop! And as I get there, I see graffiti tagged on the entrance of the tunnel. Someone had tagged the words, Watch your head. And I hear the sound of just water dripping repeatedly. And it's dark. The Birmingham blue sky vanishes as I begin to make my descent slowly down the tunnel steps. While several folks were above ground enjoying the furnaces, I was down below and I had it all to myself. Like seriously, jackpot. I could not have been more happier. Waiting two hours in the parking lot paid off. I was stoked, to say the least. So I, I used my camera flash to help navigate down the stairs and the you know camera in one hand recorder in the other 
it's so dark that the photos are coming out kind of like hazy, giving kind of a creepy appearance, but I love it. And I continue to hear the constant dripping sounds of water. And you know how you hear someone say, saw the light at the end of the tunnel? Well, I did. There was a light at the end of my Sloss Tunnel. I see these like little lights kind of stationed about. Not like a lot of them, but just so if you go down there, you're not stumbling in the dark. And so it was pretty convenient. Well, it was a warm day in the south and not like super like humid and hot. It was like February, but still. And I experienced a major cold spot in the tunnel. And it is immediately after the cold spot that I receive some pretty phenomenal EVPs. I will talk about that in just a short while. So I'm in the tunnel and I start taking pictures with both my camera and my phone. And another EVP is captured saying, don't go. Now, I have several questions that I ask, like, you know, what's your name? How did you die? Did you die here? Did you work here? You know, some are being answered, some are not. The recorder captures at one point footsteps approaching me. But again, the whole time I was down there, nobody ever came in or came by. And as you know from other episodes, I'm a debunker. When I hear stuff with my own ears and I can identify it, I say what it is. And so at one point I ask, is there anything you would like to tell me? And I receive an eerie EVP of a man, possibly the same man, giving me this warning. Turn around and run. I ask, what's your name? And I receive an EVP of what sounds like Hiramogi. I don't know if that is maybe like a name, a last name, a middle name, a nickname, who knows, right? And again, this is what it sounded like. It could have been something completely different, but sometimes with the EVPs, you have to listen to them several times. Sometimes you can hear them right away and understand what they're saying, but other times it's like, what? And sometimes it takes me like 10, 20 times to listen, keep rewinding and listening and going slow, going fast. Oh, this is what they said. And I kind of came out with, Hiramoki. So don't know if that means anything. Any of you know what that is? Please let me know. I would love to hear about it. Throw an email my way. Paraparal at gmail.com. So some of the EVPs we as paranormal investigators collect can be kind of odd at times. During this investigation, two times I got the EVP of a man whispering, I am a ghost. Two times. And it is funny because like one time I was at a cemetery and the only thing that was on one of these like little headstones was the letter G. And I said, what does that stand for? And I get an EVP of a spirit whispering ghost. So there you go. Kind of interesting stuff. Never a dull moment in the paranormal world. Now, the next part I am about to share was my favorite part of my Sloss mini investigation. Okay. So I'm still in the tunnel, and once I found that, and it was vacant, I knew I struck gold, and I stayed there until I left. So I asked the question, how did you die? And I get this sad EVP of a man whispering, wrong place. The voice gets a bit faint and continues saying, at the wrong time. So this is a full-on sentence, wrong place at the wrong time. And again, fellow paranormal investigators, you know, sometimes 
yeah, you could get full sentences, but it's not like that happens every time. And so wrong place at the wrong time. To me, that was just utterly epic. So immediately after the recorder captures this amazing EVP from the man, I experience a cold spot. So much to the point that I actually get chills like, ooh, and I look around and I verbally mention the cold spot. Again, I'm always saying, you know, what's happening for my recorder. And besides recording with the digital recorder, I also had my phone recording video. And when I was down in that tunnel, this is how I was able to, I didn't listen on the recorder, but I kind of played back the short video on my phone and I was hearing these things. And when I was down in the tunnel, it was interesting. Like this has happened to me before, but like I feel utterly calm and just this overwhelming peace and happiness. And, you know, you're in a dark, wet tunnel with dripping sounds continuously. I don't know why that would be considered peaceful or calming or happy, but it was. It was so comfortable to me that I didn't want to leave. There, there were a few times where I would start to make my way out, but almost like being guided by invisible hands and forces, I always kept turning back around and staying longer. And... That's how it is with Tombstone. I, I like, okay, I'm going to leave. Nope, I'm coming back. <laughs> I, I leave and I'm already planning my next trip, you know. And so it's interesting. So then I ask, how did you die? And uh, this to me is mind blowing. A man responds saying, Big Alice. Big Alice. When I heard this later on, I immediately thought, okay, who the hell is Big Alice? Was this a disgruntled wife? Uh, mistress a girlfriend i mean you get the idea right some unhappy broad and so in other words i had no idea who or what big alice was and i look online to look up sloss and see if big alice is mentioned at all and you guys what i found utterly blew my mind out of the water the highest furnace at sloss was referred to, and is known still to this day, as Big Alice. There are 60 confirmed and documented deaths connected to Sloss Furnaces, and possibly more. 47 are linked to a sadistic prick named James Robert Wormwood, also known as Slag. He was a plant manager from 1886 until the time of his death in 1899 when he himself fell into Big Alice. Now, he never really went up there to work. He he enjoyed pushing people in, but never worked up there as he knew the dangers and he left the dangerous work to the workers, which he obviously didn't appreciate and threw in sometimes, which meant they died. There was no getting out of that. And it was reported that he had slipped and fell in, right? But people were like, he never went up there unless to push people in himself. So what really happened? And many people believed that some of the disgruntled workers said, enough is enough. I am sick of you killing off my fellow workers and friends and brothers. You're done. And they push his ass in. Now, you know, slag. Sorry, he was a notorious asshole, and he caused many deaths. So when he fell off the catwalk, let's just say not many people mourned his death. <sighs> ah, I smell justice, my friends. 
Now, back in the tunnel, I stop recording for a moment, and I suddenly hear voices coming from the other side of the tunnel. Not above voices, but in the tunnel with me. And I'm bummed out because I had not recorded that. And so I say something like, oh, I heard voices with my own ears. And can you say that again? And my recorder didn't capture it. And my recorder gets a voice saying, how did you know? So I eventually make my way up to the stairs. I say goodbye to the spirits. And it was hard to leave. It really was. It was like one of those places where it's like, you know what? If I didn't have to hit the road, if I were still staying at the Tutwiler and staying an extra day, I would totally with pleasure have stayed all day. Like, honestly. And so I say goodbye to the spirits and I go to the boiler area before I hit the road. And these girls are singing loudly and there's no way I can get a shred of evidence as they sing. So I stop recording and I patiently wait, walking about and checking out my surroundings once again. And once they leave, I hit record and I say, if anybody is in here with me, I would just really like to say that I'm sorry that you died. And I get a recording saying, it's okay. The girls, unfortunately, come back with a vengeance and they start singing again. No, that's not a cat getting strangled. It's uh, these girls singing. And so, slightly annoyed, I head out and I eventually make it back to my car. But first, I head to the gift shop where I buy a hoodie, which remains one of my favorites to this very day. I always rock it. And a couple of pig iron things. Like, it's literally a little square with a little pig on it. And I got a few of those. Then there was this really cool, truly unique, one-of-a-kind piece, and I saw it, and it looks like, to me, Medusa with a headless worker kneeling before her, and there are a few of the workers there. And just really interesting and bizarre, and it caught my eye, and it wasn't that much. I mean, just... I really recommend going there sometime. It's really cool. I Literally, I have no regrets. I'm proud to say that I've been at Sloss Furnaces. It made my travels a bit longer, but it was well worth it. If in the Birmingham area, I suggest you go and check it out. The people, they're friendly. The gift shop is neat. The museum is amazing. And the furnaces and tunnel are beyond phenomenal. And I just need to say, I know I mentioned this in my Tutwiler episode where I lost time. You know, and I had these weird things happening to me, like in the elevator, but the losing time thing was so weird to me. And I had Doogie from Ghost Asylum. I had him on my radio show a few years back, and he was such a cool dude. I also had Scott Porter on, really neat, down to earth fellows. And I was telling him about Birmingham and how I lost time. And I wish I could find that episode because then I could play it for you, play that part. But he's like, oh my God, Tessa, I did too. I lost time when I was at Sloss Furnaces. And um, also I think at his hotel. And so just very interesting. So if you go to Birmingham, you may lose time. So did you enjoy this week's episode? Listen to the others. They are equally awesome. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry. Just hit up any of those podcast platforms such as Owltell, Spotify, Deezer, Pocket Cast. Wherever you may roam to listen to your other podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcast lurking in the background. This week's special city shoutouts go to Glenwood Springs, 
Colorado, Locust Grove, Georgia, Godfrey, Illinois, Kentwood, Michigan, and my mom's hometown, Rochester, New York. It is phenomenally appreciated. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week.